Hi, my name is Erica. I am a millennial. Hi, Manja the Gen Z. I'm Nana, I'm another Gen Z. And yeah, thank you for coming back and returning for this exciting episode that Angie has found out for us, right, Angie? Yeah. Anything exciting this week, guys? Let me think. No, I have to no. Work. No. I have to been work. the same. Huh? It's been the same. It's been the bitch, yeah. I don't know. We're planning on doing something for my birthday, but I don't know anymore because when, we, when I say we were planning, I mean, I was planning and I was looking and nobody could agree on anything and it turned out that I was like, okay, let's not do anything anymore then. Collaborate is coming up soon and I had already asked for time off at work. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I can go wherever you go. He can go wherever. I mean, yeah. can't leave the dogs. That's we can, we can take them. Um, we can relax. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess I use the time to relax. I don't want to really work or do anything at the time. Mm-hmm. I need to catch up on life. I feel like I'm so behind. Mm-hmm. You haven't got the update yet. I haven't gotten up there yet. Yeah, I'm like so behind and everyone's The so latest life patch. I still have, or I'm still on like iPhone like 8 and everybody's like on iPhone like 14, you know. Yeah. Don't you have an iPhone 14? Yeah, but I'm like referring to my life, you know. Like mm-hmm. my life's still iPhone 8 and you, and I feel like everybody's already like an iPhone 14. But how are you in the 8th grade? How am I in 8th grade? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in 8th grade. Um, okay. Alright. Angie, go ahead, Miss Girl. So, this story... It's called, We Found a Dead Wendigo on My Grandpa's Property. Oh, there's how many you thought we found a dead body. Oh, shoot. Shut up, Does that give you guys PTSD or what? No. That's what I'm reminding me of. like, mm, dead body. We were talking about this, I think. Yeah, we were talking about this already, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, you wanted to leave, and Angie was like, no, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> Stop interrupting me. Okay, go. I'm going to start, okay? Yep. For those involved in dealing with cryptids, if any of you are reading this, why do you do it? Other than the money, of course. I feel a lot of you do it for the rush. The adrenaline. But where's the line drawn? Where does exhilaration evolve into panic? Don't get me wrong. A little risk taking is food for the soul. But so many factors can go wrong in any situation. In particular, what do you do when you find the corpse of a cryptid you are hunting? Eviscerated and dismembered. When the abrupt realization hits you that there's a bigger fish. You sell it. You sell what? You sell it. You sell it. <laughs> when to go ahead, 20 bucks. <laughs> I take offers. <laughs> it's like the guy on TikTok where he's like, I got Bigfoot's real foot in my freezer. Yeah. He's like, Bigfoot's freezer. I'm like, girl, it looks like ham. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old moldy piece of ham. I don't know. He is a piece of ham. He's very penny brown. That's, like, well, that's an old piece of crust you have there. I don't know, man. But he's like, yeah, Bigfoot, Bigfoot does. So, so. The old hot pocket you found on him? <laughs> <laughs> that was fire. That was fire. <laughs> <laughs> and the hot pocket like months and then just found an old piece of hot pocket. Okay, like, oh, like, nice. oh, yeah, it's cool. Okay. okay. The story is kinda long. So I'm gonna try the freezer burnt hot pocket. Freezer burnt hot pocket. Freezer burnt um Bigfoot. Like You guys. Go, go. My he, he ate the rest of the Bigfoot. That's <laughs> <laughs> why he ate it. That's why he ate the rest of the Bigfoot. Okay, go sorry, go, go. Okay. My grandpa wasn't quite on the level of monster hunting, but boy was he was a, was he a crazy man. Once he hunted a grizzly using nothing but a crossbow wet mud and leaves and his wit he threw mud at it freaking like predator no. spray right here or what probably i don't know he's had its head mounted above his forest house fireplace ever since what type of bear grizzly bear a grizzly bear yeah predator that, oh, this, the story is fictional oh okay. let me continue. Continue, continue i can't i can't say how far back his love for the wilderness is rooted but i know he grew tired of the city long before retiring for his job from his job as a metropolitan engineer since then, he's lived out in an old house in the northwestern reaches of the Olympic National Forest. Is that here? Yeah. How do you engineer ice cream? It's a metropolitan, yeah. not Neapolitan. <laughs> Never mind, you don't get the joke. No, I do. It's just that your joke sucked. Yeah, it's up there. 
when you think of Olympics National Park, I think Olympia? of Forks. Olympia Peninsula. I've never been anywhere like near up there, so. Okay. The closest we've been is like Puyallup. 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 Okay. Some sort of white people name. I don't know. Um. I think it's actually I can only imagine how lonely it must have it must have been living out there by himself. But he never seemed any any the worse for it. In recent years, I've come to be good friends with the guy I met in college, Martin. I could see the same fire in his eyes as my grandpa's when it came to the outdoors. Always pressuring me to come with on camping trips, going fishing, hunting, you name it. It was a no-brainer bringing him along for a visit to my grandpa's. Honestly, I feared they might get along too well, and Martin would never return with me. In the end, it didn't matter, because both of us have been in- ingrained with a morbid aversion to the woods since that day. My grandpa was going to steal the boyfriend. That's his boyfriend. friend. I know, I'm just kidding. Go. <laughs> Martin was particularly eager this time, practically vibrating in the passengers of my Jeep. Last trip, Grandpa promised he'd show me the ropes of skinning and pelts. Martin often went on about how he'd feel sitting in front a roaring fire with a great deer skin rug laid out beneath it. My motivation was simply to check up on my grandpa. He hadn't been responding to my attempts at contacting him for the past week, so naturally, I was a bit worried. We ran into a problem earlier, driving up the long dirt road to my grandpa's. Rounding a corner, I slammed on the brakes seeing a, a slew of fallen trees lying across the road. Damn, what happened here? Martin exclaimed. There hasn't been any storms recently, right? I sat with my hands, 10 and 2, on the steering wheel, lost for words. Uh, no. It's been pretty clear weather around these parts since March. Weird. Shutting the engine off, I hopped out the Jeep. The only sounds were the leaves flittering in the mid-spring breeze. Nature's... With, yeah. With, like, an anime background music to it, like... The cherry, the cherry blossom trees? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are insane. Mid-transformation? What? The Naruto background music? Yeah, mid-transformation. The leaves... Okay, go, go. It's a kill bill scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Nature's white noise. We were a little over two miles away from the house, an easily walkable distance. Grandpa had enough equipment that we didn't need to bring much of our own, so our bags were light. I had my phone, a flashlight, water, spare clothes, and my utility watch strapped around my wrist. My plan was to get up to my grandpa's and come back down in his truck to chop up the fallen logs with a chainsaw. Better not be a Ford. Okay. We thought it would be more fun to go through the woods alongside the track. A long dirt road means only boredom. After all, we scrambled down the left side slope and began our trek, keeping an eye on the road to follow its route. Only a few minutes later, the smell hits us. Putrid carry-on. It was nothing unexpected. Animals in the forest die all the time. Even so, that hardwired part of my brain was repulsed by the smell. Angie's smelling that skunk. Stop. You remember that? Weed. You remember that? Huh? I was like, no. Wait. You remember that? None wasn't there. It was you. Before you spawned. Oh, okay. Wrong. Angie was telling us about the weed smell or whatever. We, we were driving by. And I was like, it's right? weed. And then I guess there must have been like skunk. You know when you smell skunk and it goes through your yeah. vents. And Angie was like, Angie inhaled it. She's like. No, I think I was there. Like, <laughs> no, I think it was there. But did Angie have the window? She's like, you? weed. Yeah, she's like, weed. And we look at her, we're like, that's a skunk. You're girl. She's like, ah, gross. <laughs> that's funny. And she was trying to get high off of skunk. No, no, I was like, who smoked? I was like, in my legal state. That's why I'm legal here. Okay, okay, continue. Okay. Anyways. Something festering. Something is festering out here, I said. Can't imagine how it smelled in the summer. Our thoughts. Okay, girl. Thoughts. Okay, girl. <laughs> You're lame. Calm okay. You're lame. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it's a pun. Okay, I had to take Okay. How do you do it? 
Martin let out a small wretch, but agreed. The stench only grew stronger as we went on. It was at its peak when I almost tripped over a sharp object on the ground. I thought it to be a cluster of branches at first, but the notion quickly dissolved upon seeing their pale ceramic reflection. A decapitated stag's head lay right in front of us. It was wrong, though. The teeth were too long, and the bone of its face were exposed. Even with the odor, I could tell it was fresh from the vicious black blood that seeped from its neck and mouth. What's a stag? Like a deer. Is it a deer? Oh. Like a deer, yeah. Martin spoke up. God damn, that's freaky. You think a bear did this? I mean, there's only a black bears here, right? His grandpa I doubt they the could. I did. Shara. No. I mean, there's only black bears here, right? I doubt they could pull off something like this. A cougar? Maybe. I don't know. Never seen one straight up decapitate a stag like this, though. My eyes were drawn to a trail of blood forming a jagged streak along ahead of us on the ground. My gaze followed it until it terminated at the stag's grisly mess of a body. Well, it looked quadrupedal from a distance, but as we moved closer, I found myself sorely incorrect. The body was that of a monster, large in stature, but bony and gaunt. Long, razor-sharp claws lying splayed across the ground like kitchen knives, and all covered in patches of dark resin fur. Is it bad? Martin called out, approaching from behind me to get a good look. When he saw it, he went still and quiet, as had I. There was no statement that could do the sight justice. I'd heard the old tales of horrors lurking deep inside the forest, but never experienced them face to face. What did your head say? Hmm? I saw you open your oh. mouth. Oh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> first, my first thought was, dang, Grandpa really got down. He finally found his... His, his calling. His calling, yeah. His gra- Grandpa was like, nothing's going to stop me. You coming out here in my wood, I'm going to get you. And the next part of me was all like, oh no, Grandpa killed killed Jacob, you know? Girl? From, from Twilight? You know, it's a deer. Movie. Oh, it's the deer. Like a deer. Oh, so they, they Edward killed the deer. It reminds me of that one movie of like, uh, like I think like it's in Oregon. Of like the little kid who has the, the, the skinwalker. Is it a skinwalker? No. The window go inside his house. Never seen it. No, is it a skinwalker? Like a oh, window? Is, I'm afraid of that word. Is it that, is it that his, his dad and his little brother I'm pretty are, sure. Are, are possessed by something it's because like in the in the beginning it's like it's him his little brother and they're, they're like i don't know if it's him and his little brother what movie is this it, it came it, out recently it's, I think him, it's, called, it's him and his dad no like yeah they, but like, they he had a little the, brother they were in this cave yeah like they were in this yeah, cave yeah, yeah, because yeah. The, they're the dad had had a myth lab in there and then something got a hold of of the dad and then they all ended up going home but then yeah. the, the dad infected the little brother and it's like and it's like basically the little kid living like alone like feeding them and then a teacher comes by to like check by on him because like his dad's never there, his, yeah. his family isn't there. I forgot what, what a movie's called. Wait, are they like, like are they just sick or are they like like possessed or something? I don't remember. I never no, watched the whole thing. I didn't really like it. Because I'm not sure. I think that they that they're turning into the animal that attacked the, the dad. Yeah. What was it called? Oh. Was it called horns? Oh no, not horns. But I know it's on it's on HBO Max. I'll think about it or I'll search through it and then I'll let you. I think I've never heard of this story of this movie. For really? really? I'm pretty yeah. sure we've watched it. I don't think I have. I remember watching it. Well, Angie never likes to watch movies with us. I know. And you like, I'm going to go to sleep. Oh, so I just yeah, never watched like, it. She like, misses out like, on the best movies. Because I don't like watching movies for some reason. You're Generally, lame. I just don't. If you're lame, just say that. You're lame, Angie. No. Okay. No, but this is the window, guys. Okay, go. It was still laying dead as the fallen leaves beneath it. It looked crushed and broken, littered with what seemed to be wide and deep punctured wounds. Martin managed to speak up. Is that... But before he could say any more, a sudden snap of tension. The snap of a twig, no a branch. My spine shot straight upright. Against my better judgment, I found my head gradually swiveling in the direction the noise had come from. When I caught a vast, hulking shape in my peripheral, 
I whipped around to face whatever was there. I saw something just for a moment. Enormous, long limbs draped in shaggy hair, the color of pine bark. But as quickly as I turned, the image vanished. Rising dread threatened to pry my lips apart in a scream. I looked far and wide, but nothing was there. Kel, what is it? Wait, the cougar isn't still there, is it? Martin whispered. No, it's nothing. Let's keep on going. We can talk about this with, later with my grandpa. But the cat would could, but the cat could still be loitering about somewhere. It's best we don't stay in the same place for too long. Before departing, I snapped a few pictures of the mangled corpse on my phone, zooming in on the head without backtracking to get a better angle. Something told me that turning back briefly would be a terrible mistake. We on, we went on with urgent pace, pretending to ignore the heavy movement between the trees nearby. Large animals will inevitably give away their movement but they snapped twigs, not entire branches. Even so, the movement sounded anything but clumsy. No, they sounded calculated, those of a stalking predator. As hard as I tried to filter them out, I caught myself glancing to the side and behind every, behind very often. I don't know whether I was hoping to see something or nothing. So the woods around us were empty other than ourselves. Hey Kel, if there's a mountain lion around here, we should go up onto the road for a bit. It'll be easier to bolt if we need to. I agreed and we read off to the right climbing up the roadside slope. Deep down, I knew that whatever was out there, it wasn't a big cat. We only told ourselves that skirting the subject of monsters now made very real to us. The forest fell silent as we walked along the road. That was far from being comforting, though if the woods were quiet, predators are about. It's a well-known idea in the community of the wilderness enthusiasts. What did, what did ease my mind to a degree was the sight of a herd of deer standing in the track. They cocked their heads to look at us, but they didn't seem all too disturbed by our presence. At the same time, a feeling of being exposed, vulnerable, grew as a lo hard lump in my gut. They started to move on as we got closer, wandering off the road and into the woods. One of the deer stayed in place. It wasn't frozen, no, but constricted. It twitched and whimpered as it started to rise off the ground <clears throat> as if weightless. It happened so quickly. Its screams were cut off as its limbs were snapped and crushed, and deep wounds erupted over its body. And then, like it had been there the whole time it stood, it was a nightmare. Huge, unimaginably so, reveling two elephants stacked up. It was hunched over, resting on impossibly long and thick forelimbs, ending in spindly, sloth-like claws. Its body was long too, ending in a pair of shorter legs, knees inverted with feet supported by spur-like appendages. The lolling head that sat atop on the arched neck looked like some sort, some bizarre cross between a horse and a crocodile, hollow pits in place of eyes, the torn skin around its mouth revealing horribly uneven and misshapen teeth that jutted out at irregular angles. The fading sunlight... British. <laughs> <laughs> you know his breath stank. The fading sunlight glinted off of the long gashes covering its sides and head. The dead creature from earlier had definitely put up a fight, but it could never have been enough. As we stood stunned, reciprocated our stare, and only real movements being the sets of rib-like appendages undulating on his underside, rendering the deer into a torn sack of flesh and bone fragments. The poor animal seemed to wither before our eyes as the sharp ribs forced deeper into its body, like a juice box having its last drops sucked out of it. In this moment, we were part of the herd, paralyzed. Some had already run off, but those were as statues in the presence of the beast. Another smell hits us then, different from the sense of decay, like earlier, but equally as sickening, like moist earth, sulfur, methane, and dead fish. Its source was clear as wisps 
of gas from the beast's mouth became thick, billowing fumes rising into the evening sky. The tension was broken with the deer's mutilated husk led to the ground. The remaining deer took flight, scraping off into the trees, scampering off into the trees. And in response, the beast snapped its head in their direction. Something was wrong with its head, flipping around clumsily as it turned. I took a step back as it let out a deep, guttural rattle before bounding off after the herd. Its matted hair swinging violently, it splintered a tree as it went, but was totally unfazed by the fact, by the impact. We waited until its thundering gallops faded into the quickly darkening night before saying anything. What the fuck? What was that thing? Martin sputtered, tears welling up in his eyes. I don't know, man. We have to get to the house before sundown. I have a feeling our chances at escaping it are very little to none in the dark. Are you crazy? We have to go back. I want to get as far from this place as pa. What about my grandpa? We can't just leave him here with that thing. Mine didn't look over to me, but wasted no time disagreeing, starting his jog up, up the road. We were already over halfway to my grandpa's house, and even if we wanted to escape, it would be a menial task for the creature to smash the jeep off-road. The solitary light and the distance looked like the gates of heaven. It radiated safety, but I knew we couldn't continue out in the open. Completely exposed, I looked down to my utility watch, making a mental note of the direction of the house. North, northeast. Before grabbing Martin by the arm and leading him off the left side of the road. Nature's cruel irony manifested in the, st in the steepening terrain and the thickening brush. The house's lights quickly faded, leaving us with only our bearing bearings to navigate. I thought we might have gone off track for a terrifying moment, but I saw the columns of smoke above the distant tree, the distant tree canopy that could only be from my grandpa's chimney. Come on, this way. As we neared, no light became apparent. Me, he already gone to bed. I could only guess with his lack of communication. We came up onto the lip of a hill, sloping down towards a flat clearing, but there was no house. There a pillar of smoke, but there was no source. It began in midair from nothing. As we stopped to look at the point where the smoke came from, jerked around in the air. When I picked up an organic stench, it clicked in my mind. Just like before, there it was, looking directly at us, the thick fumes spewing from its mouth. But I noticed something else this time. Now that the moon hung in the sky, its light glinted off of something beneath the creature's head. Six black orbs, shining like obsidian, three on each, on either side of its neck. They darted about independently of each other, and I knew immediately what they were. Eyes. What kind of abomination was this? If those were its eyes, and it ate the deer with that structure resembling a ribcage, then that must mean it had a false head. A distraction defense mechanism, maybe? It made sense how it hit this head flopped around limply with the beast's unnatural movements. I blinked in quick succession and looked down to my watch, due east. We have been misled. It circled around us to lie in wait. In one motion, I, I gripped onto Martin's shoulder and pulled him in the direction we were meant to be heading. In a wild sprint for survival, the beast, interrupt the beast erupted into movement, ribs rippling as it let out another rumble. Martin looked over to me, confused. Dad, we'd be dead. I'd be dead. I'd be like, eh. <laughs> I can't me run. too. I can't run either. And you can't <laughs> walk either. Watch it be the grandpa. <laughs> Bro, I find out what the movie is called, called Antlers. And then <laughs> oh, also remind me, yeah, remind me of this other movie I watched with my friends on Netflix. It's like they start camping. No, no, they go out like hiking. And they get lost. It's like, where are we? They all start arguing and they find this cabin. And they sleep in the cabin. But there's like this statue and it has like antlers on it. One of the guys like wake up naked, like 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 and like on his knees like this, in front of it. Mm. And they're like, oh, and then 
Dang. Again, it's like this light. other god coming in. Like a Wendigo. Oh. It's like they worship the Wendigo. Bro. That's what I'm just talking about right now. I yeah, I know. Anyway. Hey, dude. Continue. <laughs> what are you doing? There's nothing. Shut up. Just run as fast as possible. Now, don't stop for anything. Our pounding feet were matched by heavy thumps and loud cracks of trees being smashed. I dare not steal a glance behind, fearing that even the slightest break in pace would mean, would mean death. There, I, goes, I struggled to see what Martin was talking about until this yellow light became visible between the tree trunks. We were only a few hundred yards away, but I was surprised that the creature hadn't already caught up to us. Even the trees in its way stood no chance at impeding it. It had almost caught up. I could feel the air pressure from its massive body charging through the trees behind. Close that at any moment, I might feel its claws cleave my body into pieces. A saving grace coming up on our left was a dense patch of old oak trees. I swerved towards them, leaping through the space between trunks, just large enough for us to get through. I hit the ground, rolling sideways. There wasn't even time to be dazed, as an immense slam sounded from where we'd just been. I scrambled backwards, looking to see a great arm slinking through the gap. It was thick, but not as thick as the oak. The claws tapped around, searching blindly for our frail bodies. A girl, I shouted, and both of us shot to our feet, bolted towards the light as we ran. The sound grew distant. Was it stunned, or did it still think we were behind those trees? I didn't care. All that mattered was being inside and not out. Gravel clattered against the front of the house as we skidded to a stop. I rapped on the door, devolving into pounding. When they went unheard, on what was probably the 20th knock, my fist met only air, and I stumbled in through the now open doorway. I looked up to me my grandpa's gaze. His eyes were wide. He didn't look like himself. He glanced behind me at Martin, then behind him. Whatever he saw out there, his pupils contracted in response. Hurry, boys, get inside, he whispered, shouted. We filled in, and he went to the bo- he went to bolt the door, but hesitated. His hand fell limply. Eh, no use. He was right. If the beast wanted to pay a visit, it would do so regardless of our home security. We followed him, qui- we followed him quietly to an uncovered floor hatch. What's this, Mr. Barnett? Martin asked. Regarding the hatch, huh? Oh, this here is my old wine cellar. Martin went to ask before being interrupted. Ah, get down the first, the, get down the ladder first, son. You can shoot your questions once you're, we're safe. He pulled a handle, opening the hatch to reveal a sturdy wooden ladder that led into a dim space beneath. One by one, we clambered down its dusty rungs, meeting the cold concrete floor at the bottom. Gampa was last, tucking a heavy rug over the open hatch before closing and securing it. I take it you've seen the thing, right? Jesus, Grandad, we barely got away, I gasped, still out of breath from our escape. Unscathed? Yeah, mostly, other than some scratches. Good. He walked over to an upturned crate and plopped down onto it. Martin and I looked between each other, then back at him. Uh, well, Martin said. You seem to know what we were dealing with, so what the hell is it? Grandpa gave Martin a scowl of disapproval. Quickly, relenting into understanding. I'd scrutinize you on your manners, boy. But now ain't the time. We realized a tired gas. We released a tired gas, letting our head drop down before inhaling sharply and looking back up at us. Or he released, sorry. He released a tired gas, letting his head drop down before inhaling sharply and looking back at us. I seen it only once before in my varsity years. Had some Danish friends on my course who said I should visit them over there go and do some backpacking in their beautiful home country in in denmark really peaks rising out the, the trees you know before he could lose himself in a daydream i cleared my throat to bring him back to reality 
all right so we were pretty deep in the woods when it happened we'd all gotten paranoid because we thought something was following us something big elk maybe but we never saw nothing only heard it and then god one of the girls in front of us started to levitate i don't know she was just rising up off the ground gripped by something whatever it was made a mess from her crunched her up like a meatball being squeezed i saw it then curved bones wrapped around her stabbed in, t- in deep ain't never gonna forget the sight of it and it's like a stain on my mind we saw the same thing martin piped up only it was with the deer looked like it sucked everything out of it when it was done yeah i can't say i know how it works you can only see it if you know something's there anyways we ran as fast as we could back down the trail and we seemed to lose it the whole time there was the, the rancid stink though eggy and earthy Ugh. we wound up back in the town we started from went straight to the police station and reported it apparently all they found was a little chunk of meat piece of a thigh or something like that one of the other guys told me that about the tail later on he brought up the smoke we saw rising out of the forest we were back in town an old danish legend went that people through history seen smoke columns in the woods and most who went to check in never returned they said it would move around not like how a fire would spread but it but like it was wandering to and fro damn that's horrible story grandpa i said it doesn't help us figure out what it is though we already know the stuff you've just told us well he replied i'm sure it's got many names seeing how it could just pop up where it likes but i only heard it's called the scorstender scorstender means chimney monster or chimney beast if i'm remembering right that makes sense we thought we were seeing the smoke from your chimney but it led us right to it Carol, Grandpa sighed. This house doesn't even have a chimney. Martin looked over to me, <laughs> scoffing. I'm back so over to upset. Grandpa. Martin was upset. I was upset. Be like, you almost killed me. <laughs> Martin looked over to me, scoffing, then back over to Grandpa. Grandpa's not assassinating me. So it lures people in like that? Sure, but I don't think it means to. I'm going to take a gander and say it started up with the fumes after it ate that deer. Yeah, I replied. Well, that thing is... It ain't from here. It ain't from anywhere on the planet. I think it eats something, then starts giving out smoke. Waste product from digesting, I guess? So shit gas, Martin chuckled. He always was able to find a way to lighten the mood in the tire situations. (laughs) It farts. It It farts through its mouth. That's a false head, never mind. Just let out the smoke. He always was able to find a way to lighten the mood in dire situations, even if just a little. I looked up at the monochrome ceiling above us, molding over what Grandpa said. I remember how the whole thing had started and pulled out my phone to bring up my photos. We found this after staring, after starting our way up to yours on foot. I have an inkling, but do you know what it is? Grandpa squinted at the screen, then took it from my hands. Scroll to the right. That's only the head, I say. I said. His silent focus was only punctured by the dull taps of his fingers on the screen. Recogni- recognition lit up in his eyes his head bobbing up and down. Well, I'll be damned. A Wendigo, right? I asked. Yup. I gotta say, i never seen one around these parts before, but then again, I was never looking for one. I doubt you need it, but keep that as a reminder for what the beast is capable of. Put my phone back in my pocket, sighing and letting my chin drop into my hand. In any other situation, I'd be shocked to find out such a creature was real, but not now. This is all great, Mr. Barnett, Martin said, with quivering uncertainty uncertainty but it doesn't help us what are we gonna do what can we do i don't know well i have an idea but it's just a grasping at straws anything over sitting here and waiting to die martin breathed staring off into space anything 
Grandpa looked up towards the basement window, the only source of natural light in the room. A little of it remained. While I was checking my traps out east from there, about six, seven hundred yards into the woods, only when I got there, there was this smudge. I don't know what to call it, but that's the best I can describe it, what it looked like. It was like looking into it. I couldn't register what I was looking at. Hurt my eyes after a while. Never seen nothing like it. It was after that I started seeing the scorched the deer. So he trod off like he was struggling to find the words to say. So what? I pressed, leaning forwards in anticipation. Again, this is guesswork, but I think that's where it came from. I threw a rock into it when I was there, but it ain't, but ain't here it hit the ground. Like it went someplace else. We can go back and lead it there. Just get it to go back in. Wait, hold on. I interrupted. Shouldn't we call the police? Someone? The damn army? What do you think <laughs> happened the to the- Avengers. <laughs> Avengers. Mm-hmm. The Justice League? Maybe. What do you think will happen to the cops when they come out here, huh? What's a chief and a rookie in one police car going to do to put it up against it? And a good luck convincing U.S. Army to send out Marines. You'd be lucky if they thought this was a joke. I shut my mouth, swallowing my next words, allowing Grandpa to continue with his proposition. Either the beast leaves or we die. I'm not even going to talk about trying to drive away. You've seen what it does to the trees. <laughs> Stuff might work, but it's better at that than we are, big as it is. And I don't want to risk either of you losing your lives. His last remark sat chill down my spine. He said nothing explicit, but I already began to understand what he meant. Grandpa, you? Don't worry about me, champ. I got something. But you gotta listen closely, both of you. Martin and I set our full attention to him. I wanted to hear his plan, but I really hoped it wasn't going to go a different, different way from what I was thinking. Now I want to make this clear before anything else. I'm going alone. And you boys need to sit tight and do as I say. My heart dropped, plunging into the stone-cold sea of despair. Are you crazy? No, I have to go with you. Grandpa cut me off, shushing me. As I say, he commanded. <laughs> I love his little accent. <laughs> I knew he was right, but in the you face of loss, my thoughts wrestled against the... Oh, what? Did you give him that accent? No, but I should, huh? He has like a little western accent. I know that. Because I'm like, you know how they spell it out? But I just made it normal. Oh. Not normal, I just made it like more... Okay. You know? I give an accent. Okay, now I'm going to call you when I'm, a, when I'm a ways off, all right? You have to pick up and stay on the call with me. It's vital. You keep your attention on my voice. I need both of you to be brave for the next part. <laughs> I need you to make as much noise as you can. Like <laughs> Martin's eyes bulged in fear. Won't that just get us killed? I haven't finished. That's only up until I call you. When I do, you shut up and you hide in the darkest corner of the cellar, okay? Oh, man, the wild man. Stop. Shut up, don't say that. Okay. I was heaving for breath now. For breath now, yeah. Cold beads of sweat bubbling or budding on my forehead. But I closed my eyes and sealed myself. Yeah, okay. Good. Once we're connected, I'll start. We were silenced by a single muffled oh, thump from, over, from overhead. So forceful that the ceiling spewed cement dust down on us. Then another thump and another. Another. He overweight. Cement so dust. Cement so dust, my favorite. Cement. Mmm, cement dust. That's my favorite snack. Cement. This grandpa gets a couple of it. You're like, well, I'll be darned. I mean, this the this, this the best guy okay. there. Cement dust I ever had. Okay, okay, okay. Bad I fell off my perch in shock when a booming crash sounded from above, chased by a clattering of rubble. The steady thuds drew nearer, louder until the only sound was that of floorboards groaning under immense weight. I looked over to Grandpa, who looked over to me. I whipped a finger to his lips. I nodded and slowly turned towards the basement hatch. 
The beast was trying its best to move silently. A stifled whimper escaped my lungs as I saw the hatch buckle. A loud bang shook the house's foundation, but nothing. In silence, I could make out the beast's ticking growl. It was toying with us, trying to catch us out, make us think we'd been foiled, so we'd burst out in panic and try to flee. Its intelligence terrified me so much more than its grotesque appearance. It tried this bait a few more times before huffing angrily. The heavy creaks grew distant until we could no longer hear it, aside from the single crash of the fallen tree somewhere outside. I stood up eager to see this plan into motion, all to be dragged back down by a firm grip on my arm. My eyes fell to meet my grandpa's. He looked at me with a wide-eyed scowl. Sit down, he hissed. Not yet. Bastard's clever. It's probably waiting at the tree line watching for us to come out. Three of us sat in silence, ears attuned for even the slightest noise to indicate its presence. After an excruciating wait, Grandpa rose to his feet and crept over to the ladder. He scaled it, wincing at the creak of, the, of a rung, and then pushed open the hatch ever so slowly. The rug that had been above was tattered. Torn fragments slipped down into the now open space. He peeked out from side to side, checking rigorously that we were safe as he pressed his hand upwards. What sounded like a broken tile was disturbed, clattering to the floor above us. Grandpa f- froze in place, visibly tensing. Creak. The heavy step followed by the girdle rattle I prayed to God I wouldn't hear forced Grandpa into action. He pushed himself off the ladder, tucking and rolling to the floor, right before the hatch was slammed by immense force, cracking it and warping the hinges. Grandpa shot to his feet, adrenaline far outspacing his old age. He glanced around wildly at the floor before looking up at us with newfound determination. Ah, shit, damn it. Change of plans. Martin, distract it. Make some noise. Kill, give me a leg up to the window. <laughs> distract him, Martin. Martin's jaw fell open and his breathing quickened. Fuck, he yelped, pressing fingers into his temples. But to his credit, he turned towards the hatch and started up a racket straight after. Come get it. Never mind. This is the grandpa. Come get it, you fucker. You <laughs> ugly sack of shit. I prefer the grandpa saying that. Yeah. You guys like the accent again? Yeah, that was good. He's beautiful. While Martin was busy cussing out the chimney mo- beast, grandpa and I had hurried to the window and braced myself in a kneel, fingers locked together, forming a foothold where he planted a foot. One, two, three. I heaved him up, holding my posture while he unlatched and swung the window open. My body was already tired from running away, and Grandpa was heavier than he looked. Still, I hauled him up further until he was out past the waist, and he pulled himself out onto the hazy night. I kept my focus on him, and he turned around, refusing the urge to look as I heard claws cleaving away ravenously. All right, I'll be calling in a minute, he panted. When I do, tell Martin to zip. I love you, bud. You too, Grandad. My words latched onto him, feeling a forgotten instinct that slammed his heels into the forest floor and sent him sprinting into the trees, fading until he was merged with the dark itself. I was grounded again with Martin. Let out when Martin let out a shriek. I turned to see him backpedaling from the spindly claws extending through the jagged hole once was that once was a hatch. A thick trail of blood smeared him as he shuffled back, the same crimson that slacked one of the titanic claws. It got me. Oh god, it hurts, cried, flipping <laughs> over and restoring to a belly crawl towards me. I rushed over and dragged him as far as I could, but he flopped to the floor in shock when I released my grip. His calf was a mess of exposed, glistening flesh and, blo- and bone, sliced through like warm butter. His mouth hung half open, but without a sound, so I rushed to build a cacophony of- in his place. As booming as I tried to make myself sound, I devolved into whimpering shouts. The beast arm had reached in almost halfway across the room, yet still it slithered further and further through the broken hatch, claws ticking around in search of flesh. 
Backed up in the furthest corner alongside Martin, the monster's hand grew closer. Slowly, agonizingly, so I only became aware of the incoming call from the vibration in my pocket. It felt as if somehow safety lay in the act of answering my grandpa. My hand shot into my pocket and yanked the phone out. Fumbling with the touch screen and picking up. Granddad, it's so close. It's about to get us. Do something, please. I rolled into the to my phone. Instead of a reply, a loud crack rang through the night. And then the phone. The beast's arm lurched backwards, freezing for a moment before it tore out from the basement. Peppering the floor with wood fragments. As simple a sound it was, I recognized it. His black hawk. He'd taken it with him. I don't know when he... I don't know what a black hawk is. I don't know when he picked it up. He may have had it on him the entire time out the window. I saw the hulking silhouette barrel into the trees oh, at speeds. Reveling my jeep in fifth. Huh? Do you know it's what a black hawk? It's a gun? Yeah, he said barrel. Oh, okay. I jumped when I heard Grandpa abruptly begin shouting over the call. The words were indis indiscernible, blending in with the scuffed sound of movement. I took the moment to take off my jacket, then my t-shirt, which I pulled tightly around Martin's upper calf as a tourniquet. Hey, Kale, Grandpa said over the phone, sounding hollow and tiny. Make sure you keep up with the aerobics. Gah, it sure as shit don't get easier with ears. With the ears. I let out half-hearted chuckled. I will. I want to go hiking through the woods with you. Camping surviving off of the hunt. I know you do. I God, I, I do too. He said, stifling a sob. You're gonna have to stay strong for your ma, okay? There ain't no chance I'm getting out of this, but you two are. I broke down then. Thick watery streams lining my cheeks. I'm gonna miss you so much. So, so much, granddad. Hey, but we had some amazing times. Amazing times? No, I sure as hell did. And well, this is pretty badass way to go, right? An unfamiliar comfort swelled up inside of me, almost breaking through the tears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I'm here, the smudge, and no idea what I found out there, through there. Dang. I could hear the thundering beasts across the call as it gained on him. It's clicks and rattles, too. I'm going in. Promise me one thing, though. Anything, granddad. Yeah. You be a good kid and make my daughter proud. My That's all. Bizarre noise came from the phone speaker, something akin to the sound of a stone sliding across a frozen lake, followed by a splash that seemed to kill all the noise. That dead silence was broken when a shuddering voice spoke again through the phone. What the? Where are you? I yelled, pleading for any small morsel of information he could provide. I don't know. It's... I'm in a pop, I think. Some kind of glass tube. I can see everything outside. It's all there, all at once. He's in heaven. There's more of these tubes, so many more. Spectating. They're branching and splitting, <laughs> but the connection got progressively weaker as he talked, jittering and buzzing in my ear. I'm didn't ha I'm heading down this tube now, and there, a central one, but it's huge, enormous. Holy shit! No, I don't think it's a central. In the distance, so many. The hell is this place? My exhausted brain couldn't fathom a single thing to say. I just listened, almost as confused as he was. Streams of, through some of them, the... You can get separated in a horror game. He was cut off by a tremendous splash. The sound quality at this point made it sound more like a roar. I could only hear his whimpers until that hissing trill crawled in its way under my skin once more. It melded with the audio glitches. But then I heard something I never thought I could have expected, even after seeing what I'd seen. It sounded as if the creature was stuttering, clearing that its throat before. Rowled it. its flow shows us the path it spoke. The unearthly nightmare beast had spoken. Its words were jarring, like it was repeating after someone teaching it how to talk. Broken by animalistic clicks and hisses. Grandpa screamed, but the call lost connection completely and it drew out as high sine wave tones. My hand acted it off on its own and loosened its grip, sending out a phone clattering to the ground. 
By the time I had crouched down to grab it, only my my home screen greeted me as I pressed the home button. Call failed. I looked down to Martin. He was out cold, breathing. The bleeding had died down, but he nev he needed urgent treatment even so. I fell to the floor, blacks back slouched up against the cold concrete wall, and decided to wait it out until sunrise. I was certain Grandpa's plan worked, but just the slightest uncertainty held my held me in place. The adrenaline was beginning to wear off. My limbs ached and thumping. I fought against my eyelids, but they felt as if dragged down by anchors. All light vanished and I faded into sleep. I woke up to heat on my face and a red orange blur. I opened my eyes and grimaced at the rays of sunlight that poured through shut up. <laughs> poured through the destroyed basement, hatched directly into my face. Any notion of a simple nightmare were shattered. Martin, I rolled over. My side seeing him laying a few feet away. Thank God he was still breathing. The blood Hello? coating the skin of his leg was dry and crusted, but a small amount of it seeped from its mangled limb. From his mangled limb. I chose to let him rest while I turned to the broken ladder, hauling myself up. Remain of, of its rungs and into the house. Remain of it at least. Utter devastation, I do not exaggerate when I say almost the entire front portion of the house was gone. Wooden beams jutted out of the piles of rubble and dust, but it all was still. Unlike the day prior, birdsong weaved throughout the woods and into the ruins. I recall learning about how animal forests or forest animals would go quiet when a predator is nearby, but I had been too on edge to notice until their sounds had returned. Still, subtle chills warmed warmed through their, their weight up my spine. I felt safe, but I also felt safe with my grandpa in the basement. Until the attack, no smoke plumbed from anywhere across the tree line, and no stench defiled my nose, but I couldn't shake it. I spent some time scrambling around in the back of half of the house, and that still stood. Quicker than expected, I found the keys to my grandpa's truck in the corner of the kitchen counter. I practically leaped down into the old wine cellar, so then slowly slowed my pace, then gently shaking Martin until he stirred. He was groggy confused. Don't worry, man. I'm going to get you home. I wrapped his left arm over my shoulder, supporting him to the ladder. It was tough getting him out, but I did it, and he hobbled through the ruins to the truck. Driving faster than truly necessary, I swerved, slamming on the brakes when the fallen tree trunks came into view almost out of nowhere. The jolt shook Martin, and he came to tension from the pain in his leg. I apologized for it, but I wasted no time in getting out and helping Martin down from his seat. The stench of death was stronger in the air, the Winnego corpse festering nearby. It brought me back to the night before, the raw terror spawning paranoia within me that grew intense over the short walk between the truck and my jeep. I felt exposed, naked. We made it across the tree and into my jeep, quickly even though Martin's injury, even with Martin's injury, still without any warning signs of the beasts, my heart was still without any signs of the beasts. So hard, my heart was jumping, it was drumming so hard, I could see my chest pulse. After a messy three-point turn, the wheels slipped, kicking up some dust before we shot away down the track. We drove into until reaching a small police station where I flew out of the jeep and burst through its double doors, perhaps a rash action in retrospect, but my mind was elsewhere. Before anything else, I could I had to call the had to call an ambulance for my friend. Following by reporting a several severe animal attack. When I was asked what attacked us, I spat out cougars. The officer grunted and I laid out the facts. Grandpa was gone, tried away by assailant. An ambulance arrived soon, therefore to pick up Martin. The EMTs were visibly surprised by the laceration, but attended to him nonetheless. He'd lost a fair amount of blood, but they quickly got him in a stable condition at the nearest hospital where he stayed for the next week. A search party banded together to, t to look for my grandpa, but they found nothing, of course. I was questioning about the state of his house, but I think the trauma welling up in my eyes was the best defense I could have had. No scorch marks in the rubble to indicate explosives and nothing. It's been years since that has happened, and I've made it through the stages of grief in one piece. I'd like to say my grandpa lives on in my memory, but that wouldn't be entirely accurate to say. I can still remember him, our conversations days out, the smell of his fire fireplace, all that. But no matter how... Fireplace. Girl, I don't know. There you go. <laughs> 
but no matter how hard I try, I couldn't. I can't remember what he looked like. That's to say, there's only there's only an impersonated, precipitated. I don't know. Smudge where he was in any picture I was. I still have. I don't know where he ended up. Some massive network of black tubes of tubes. But I get the dis distinct impression that his grave lies somewhere else. Another place separate from this world. I'm eternally grateful for his sacrifice, yeah. But I can't help but think that it was only our lives that were saved from the scorts and deer. I don't know that I can't even pronounce the name. Are there more of them? Or is it somewhere somehow able to relocate itself? Only my grandpa would have the answers, but yeah. Just in case if you find yourself out in the wilderness and you see a steady plume of smoke rising from the trees, perhaps even smell the organic stench of a, of digestion. It'd be the best to call off the occasion entirely. Once it's on to you, well, I only hope you're as lucky as we are the day my grandpa died. Okay. That's it. That's it. Bang. Yeah. Either the grandpa ended up, I feel like, in, in the laboratory where that creature's probably made. I was thinking, like, is the cabin in the woods where, like... I'm thinking it's probably, is, it is a laboratory, but, like, extraterrestrial. No, is the cabin in the woods where, like, they're in the, like, like they have, like, what's it called? Yeah. Like, they're scientists and they, like, release monsters on them? Yeah. Yeah. Like, is yeah. it like that? It's Maybe. that one. Yeah. He said that there that. remains, like, a black smudge on every photo that he has of his grandpa. Like, his grandpa got erased. Yeah. Oh, shit. Because of that, because remember when his grandpa was all like, yeah, I found a black smudge in the ground. What if that black smudge, like, covered everything? Mm, interesting. Okay. All right, well, I guess that's it for today, right? Yep. Yeah. All right, then. So, look at the social medias if y'all want to hear Angie's, Angie's story about... No. About, about, about when, when Julie didn't want to play with her. How dare you? I was little. I, like, well, no, no, I remember I that. Little. It was hilarious. It was little. But yeah, like, let, let us know whether you guys want to hear that story next time. Either like, way, you're not gonna get it. Ah, uh, yes, way, we'll, we'll tell you. We'll tell you. Not for me, at least. Hello, <laughs> we'll tell you. Okay, all right, then that's okay. it for today. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.